and welcome back to another episode of InCheck with Fintech. Today we have the absolute honor of being joined by Peter Kozyakov, co-founder and CEO of the global payments infrastructure platform Mercurio. Peter is an accomplished entrepreneur and business leader with deep roots in the financial market. He has more than 20 years of experience in establishing and developing projects in the payments and digital banking industry. Standing at the forefront of Mercurio's development since its inception, Peter with co-founders transformed the company from an average startup to global payments infrastructure platform with a headquarter in London in just two years. Enjoy listening. Well, Peter, first of all, welcome to uh, InCheck with Fintech. Thanks a lot. Thanks for having me here. So, and pleasure to be here today. You are the founder and CEO of Mercurio, right? That's right. For those people who've never heard of you guys, can you give a quick couple of lines? What do you guys do? Uh, we are connecting uh, fiat and crypto world. And uh, by uh, allowing uh, end user, uh, regular guys to buy crypto really easily with a bank card, sell crypto and get paid to any bank account or bank card and uh, building more sophisticated products like uh, banking as a service for crypto companies. Right. So we'll talk about that banking as a service product uh, a bit later for sure, because that's, uh, that's definitely interesting. How did you get into this? How did you start? with a crypto company, Mercurio. Is it, is it fair to say it's a crypto company or would you consider yourself more indeed a banking as a service provider or something different? Uh, you know, we, we are definitely a crypto company, but uh, when we compare to other crypto companies, we are more fintech. So chatting with incumbents uh, from uh, traditional fiat world, we are for sure crypto company, but uh, yeah or crypto guys, we are, have a lot, a lot of experience in fintech. Um, how um, did I get there? So, you know, I, I have been doing online payments, uh, fintech for, uh, well, I think more than 15 years. So, and um, uh, at some point of time in, uh, uh, I think, 2018, uh, a lot of uh, guys, uh, and we, we had a payment company at that time. So, and uh, a lot of companies were coming to us and saying, guys, there is a boom in crypto, uh, So, uh, but we don't know how to uh, collect payments. We don't know how to accept payments from the end users. Well, and it was uh, not easy because crypto is a perfect uh, place where uh, fraudsters can... Uh, uh, who steal uh, bank card uh, details uh, will immediately cash it out. So, and there is a lot of fraud. There is a lot of uh, complexity with uh, uh, IML and other things. And well, it, it was not straightforward. And, and that's why crypto was completely new to. Uh, so a lot of companies, big companies were coming to us and saying, guys, do you know how to deal with crypto? And uh, well, to be honest, we knew. So, and we, we decided that we should uh, um, have our experience uh, in a company completely focused on payments for crypto businesses. So, and that's how we started Mercurio. Right. All right. Okay. So it came from basically you be working in the payments industry, seeing an opportunity with clients asking, hey, what do you guys do with crypto? What can we do with crypto? And thinking, hey, there's a business idea here. here. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's great. How did you, because I think, yeah, you've been in payments for about 15 years, as you said, right? Yeah. How did you get into payments in the first place? What made you, was there something that happened? This is going to sound very deep, but was there something that happened in your 
youth in your university, in your studies that made you go into payments? Did you accidentally run into payments or how did you get into payments in the first place? You know, I I, I believe I get there uh, accidentally. Uh, so, but the thing that's uh, really stick me uh, with payments was that at that time, I think it was uh, uh, 2008, 20 or nine. So, and uh, in some markets, uh, it, it might uh, sound strange today, but in some markets, uh, the um, online payments for online travel agencies where you can buy uh, your, uh, let's book a, a trip or your uh, airfare somewhere online was just something new. It was growing. It, uh, it was not like innovation just uh, came out of the blue, uh, but it was still a rather young uh, business. And uh, well, and we were sometimes comparing, uh, chatting with some of the uh, online travel agencies and uh, telling them that, guys, we are competing here with not other guys who are providing you payments, but we're competing with your uh, distribution channels, uh, offline distribution channels. And uh, the magic was that uh, the thing that, uh, well, was a perfect ar- argument is that if someone has uh, tried to buy uh, airfare with a bank card, this person won't buy it offline anymore because, well, that, that's absolutely magic. It is, uh, uh, well, standard today, but at that time, well, still there were a lot of people buying it offline. So, and I think that that, that magic, uh, so this uh, transformation, uh, that's uh, uh, what caused my love to fintech. And uh, from that time I was really dedicated and uh I haven't thought about anything else than uh, working in payments. Do you feel that where payments was back then is where crypto was when you started Mercurio, maybe? Uh, to, to some extent. To some extent, um, you know, it, it was um, really similar because uh, crypto was there for a couple of years already. So I first heard crypto, uh, I don't know, 2014, 2015. So from some of my friends saying like, Oh, you know, I bought there some uh, crypto, which uh, costs now well four times more. So, and uh, yeah, that that was the the, the story. So, uh, and that was the same with uh, online travel agencies. But it started to really pick up only in the 2017, 2018, coming from something small for some some nerds uh, who were interested to some thing, uh, but uh, to real uh, mass market uh, uh, solution. So yeah, yeah, I, I feel a lot of this. And you know, there is also a point uh, in uh, uh, where I personally fall in love with crypto. So when I, uh, I have this story, when I, uh, I was in Southeast Asia and I needed to make a, a payment to uh, my counterpart uh, in the US, so it was not uh, a big payment, but it was not uh, small just to, to uh, and uh, it was really tough. Uh, I tried a few days, well, almost a week to find some solution uh, to send money. So, well, uh, money transmitter company as well. It was hard to do. It cost a fortune. So uh, online payment systems, well, when you try to do it from that region to that region, it was not straightforward. So there was not uh, an option. 
And finally, I was already uh, uh, planning to give up. And some of my friends told me, well, try crypto. Well, crypto for uh, sh some shady operations, uh, uh, other things. Uh, so, and uh, but uh, I tried. It was not e easy to buy crypto. So I spent, well, day or two to make it happen. But after I got crypto, I just sent it uh, to... Uh, my peer and he texted me in a few seconds. Oh, got it. Okay, thanks. So, well, the, 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 that was the uh, pivotal po uh, moment for me with crypto. So, the, the, almost the same as it was with uh, uh, with payments before. It's funny how I feel like crypto has gone from more of a gimmick. I remember it uh, here in the Netherlands. It was uh, at one point you got one Bitcoin with uh, ordering a pizza. Uh, I mean, right now, that would mean you basically get 30, well, I don't know the latest, but at least 30 grand for free, uh, basically. So it was a gimmick. It then turned into, okay, it's actually an asset to potentially invest in and hold to a means of payment. Um, and what's next, right? Which we'll talk about uh, shortly, but it's, it's, it's great to see that, uh, that the evaluation. And I think a lot has been said about crypto itself, right? The online technology, the decentralized setup. Uh, we, of course, the crypto summers, we, we had the crypto winters. Why is crypto, according to you, so revolutionary? Is it because these things, or um, is there more to it? Uh, I think that, uh, well, uh, it is important to say, I believe in crypto uh, uh, being not an asset, uh, so uh, but being as a, a tool to move money, to store money. So, and the magic here is that uh, when you have crypto in your non-custodial wallet, you own your crypto. So it's uh, not that something you, know, you hold with a bank and uh, you depend on that bank, depend on uh, their sustainability or their IML compliance programs, so etc. So uh, when you have crypto in your account, it's uh, it's your crypto. No one can take it. Uh, this, this is the first point. And the, the second thing is that you can easily uh, send this crypto uh, online uh, without, uh, well, relying on a third party like a bank, single third party, uh, but uh, uh, just sending over the network. Uh, and uh, you, you have uh, these verification tools where uh, transact transaction verified, straightforward, it is transparent. You can have a look and check if it, is, it is went through or not. So, and I believe that this is the, the, the crucial thing when talking about crypto. So that... Uh, this is something new. We uh, and uh, what is uh, what helps to build some uh, new features on top of we, uh, what we have at the moment. So today, I, and you know, I, I just uh, was at a dinner and we chatted with a few guys, and uh, one of them said that, "Oh, you know, I I, I don't believe in crypto <clears throat> because uh, people uh, they they, sh they should have someone." they uh, rely on to store their money. But uh, I think this is fundamentally wrong. So if you're used to that, if you're, it's your pattern, it doesn't mean it should be like this. So, and uh, when uh, you can rely on algorithms, that, that, that's uh, the magic and that's the thing. Is it also the fear of people having to rely on more technology? <laughs> Maybe, basically, the already... Um, I think this is the fear of something completely new. Mm. So uh, because uh, you, you you have your 
um, well, basic idea how things work. So, and if you're, uh, for example, in Western Europe, you're overbanked, uh, you have uh, incumbents uh, with, a, well, sometimes even not bad service. You have all those uh, new challenger banks who provide you with a exceptional small things that are really useful and nice. So, and you think, well, why do you need anything else? So, but there a uh, whole world outside of this when you uh, meet with uh, or need to make a transaction with someone that is not in your region. So, uh, where there is a huge world outside of, uh, let's say, Western Europe uh, and the, the US uh, where uh, crypto, even as a um, means of storage, uh, is better than uh, relying on local currency. So, well, there, there are a lot of things where crypto is really useful. Yeah, I think that's, that's interesting, right? Maybe I'd definitely like to dive into that a bit further as well as how it's indeed influencing maybe the global uh, economic stability in, in, well, maybe not global, but definitely local in some parts of the world. But is there kind of the stable coin, right? Is that taking away the, the argument of saying, yeah, no, I don't trust a coin that is only is not going to be managed by actual people because yeah if you back it or peg it against uh the us dollar for example then there is again people involved right with the stable coins so is that a, a bridge for people who don't believe in crypto to, to, to go into stable coins first uh you know uh, th this is a good point and uh, for sure there is some uh well let's say uh some sentiment about that well stable coin is not actually a crypto uh, but I think at, at this point, uh, well, having uh, this, um, let's say, something in between uh, 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 with the crypto itself, which is, well, really volatile today. Uh, not as volatile as some of the currencies uh, in the world, but still volatile. And, uh, well, having stablecoin is, is a good option to uh, move money and make, uh, well, regular payment so but in the end i believe that uh, those cryptocurrencies when they will be traded with the same amounts as uh, um let's say uh, uh, some of the foreign currencies today they would be no uh, not uh, as uh, volatile as today so and uh, you can easily in future uh, use uh, bitcoin uh for uh, some of transactions or ETH or some of the tokens on ETH or, or some of the layer twos, so to execute transactions and uh, actually that will uh, th that that will dilute this uh, thinking about uh, uh, crypto as an asset because uh, this asset won't skyrocket anymore, skyrocket or fall. Uh, I mean, so th th this uh, asset will become pretty stable, and uh, so but today as a step in between stable coins uh, is a good option yeah i picked up what you said there stable coins are not uh, a crypto i think especially that's what i struggle with a stable coin respect against a fiat money seems to be to me like normal currency right almost i mean you need still need to go through aml kyc processes uh, there is like we said they're still centralized somewhat um so it takes away from i mean it, it combines both worlds i guess 
Yeah, absolutely. It combines. You know, uh, there is, there is a thing that uh, uh, you still should rely on someone, uh, the issuer. So on the other side, you can move uh, that crypto with, with uh, no borders. Uh, so and uh, and you can move it really cheap, uh, really quick, really fast. So and uh, you know, I, I I want to mention one thing here. So uh, sometimes when I talk about all this. Uh, uh, moving uh, money easily, quick. So some of the uh, um, people say that, oh, you know this. Well, it is good for shady operations. Uh, you know, if you are not uh, in crypto, uh, it might sound like this. But uh, if you are in crypto, you understand that all the transactions are uh, well, transparent and uh, traceable. So and uh, you know we, we we have a joke that uh, for drug dealers it is easier to use some offshore accounts, uh, bank accounts that were in Caribbean to move money than to use crypto because well it it, it is really easy to find uh, all the transactions and uh, the where the money are moving or where they are moving to. To your point, what you said about crypto uh, not being an asset, right? Is there an argument in saying, because some say uh, Bitcoin is, is, is like gold, basically. It's an asset class that you can hold. Is it the way that I see it? If you look at crypto on the whole spectrum, right? There's different cryptocurrencies. Could everyone have their own role? Could a Bitcoin be gold? Could an Ethereum be a dollar, for example? Could that be Could that be the role of each, each crypto coin? Sure. I, I think the... Still, crypto is uh, in the early dawn, uh, so and uh, there is uh, no, uh, let's say, predefined roles for uh, any of the cryptocurrencies. So Bitcoin, for sure, um, some of the people uh, links it, uh, associates it with the gold and with an asset because, let's say, it is uh, uh, the best, uh, well, Let's say if you think about crypto, it is number one uh, cryptocurrency you think about. Mm-hmm. So and uh, they are at the helm of uh, this crypto industry, and that's why a lot of people think uh, about uh, Bitcoin in that way. And yes, uh, I think there is uh, something that uh, well, Bitcoin being this say perfect uh, asset uh, uh, to replace gold or something else. Uh, uh, there is not a lot of functionality to, um, well, make it a really uh, transactional tool. So although there are some lightning protocols or uh, other things, but uh, way less than, for example, for ETH or for other uh, well blockchains. So you, you're right, uh, absolutely, with saying that uh, uh, today it is just as it is. Yeah. Some of the people, and you know, I think it's good that... Uh, uh, well, this uh, thinking about crypto as an asset is booming the market. A lot of money comes the, here uh, and it helps to innovate, to build some real use cases. So, and there is always the, uh, let's say, this lapse where you uh, there are a lot of money come, well, then you try some ideas, some uh, uh, things, and some of them fail, some of them go to the next level, and uh, it's okay. So, uh, but ultimately, crypto and uh, the real uh, usage of crypto uh, will become when crypto will be as a tool, as not substitute, but alternative to your 
uh, fiat account. So j- just imagine it, it. It would be strange for you to think that okay, I have a Apple stock, so and I can I, I don't know buy uh, uh, my latte macchiato in Starbucks using this Apple stock. Well, ridiculous. Yeah. So and that, that, that that's uh, what you have in crypto at the moment. So everything is well. I'm buying Bitcoin. And I plan that it should uh, be two x three x in I don't know three months. So, uh, but the real thing will be when you uh, can use your Bitcoin or ETH or any other currencies to buy coffee somewhere or, or to uh, pay for utility payments. So, and uh, to use it or receive payroll even in crypto and then transact, uh, uh, well, pay for your kids' school or for travel from your bank account. So, the moment you will have crypto uh, and uh, fiat in one place, you will decide what to use, what is more yeah. convenient for you. Exactly, yeah. So adoption is key, and we'll talk about that as well. A little bit, I just have one more hook that I wanted to talk about. We shortly touched on that, which was the uh, influence of crypto can have on the financial um, ecosystem, right? Whether it's global or local. I mean, there's companies like El Salvador, they've adopted the Bitcoin as a way of payment. Um, at the Vietnam, the Philippines, Ukraine, and India were the four biggest cryptocurrency adopters back in 22. Um, there's countries like Turkey, Sri Lanka, and Pakistan um, who are using more and more cryptocurrencies um, on peer-to-peer trading platforms. In Latin America, there's even more adoption. Maybe an obvious question, why are these countries adopting this so quickly? Quicker than a Western country or let's say Europe as a whole. I, yeah, I already touched this uh, thing in the beginning. So uh, when you have a stable currency, uh, it, 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 you... you um uh, you, you don't need something to uh let's say replace it and make it better but uh, there is a large uh, world where uh the your local currency is not uh, so stable and uh, you have to find some alternatives previously uh the alternatives were like cash uh, united states dollar cash uh, so and th- 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 that was a pretty straightforward alternative so now you can have uh, uh, your savings in crypto. Mm-hmm. So, and that, that, that uh, what happens. And in countries, I, I think that if you have a look at uh, uh, the, uh, let's say, local um, currency fluctuations, usually the, the, the uh, local currency, the, uh, they always go one way. So sometimes with spikes, but uh, uh, they, they go one way. So, and uh, th- th- there are some difficulties with that. And uh, uh, people need some alternative. And uh, yeah, yeah. And uh, th- this is the reason why those markets, uh, they are really uh, booming with crypto. But crypto is a big label, right? Is there within crypto, like we said, there's different cryptocurrencies. Are certain cryptocurrencies better or are, cert- are these countries using certain cryptocurrencies more than others? Uh, I uh, I wouldn't say that there is, uh, well, let's say crypto that are better or worse or so. And uh, I don't want to have this uh, uh, like uh, kind of financial advice here. No, fair enough. So, but it's, uh, I, I think that uh, um, a lot of people use, uh, well, stable coins and uh, top uh, two to five uh, cryptocurrencies uh, like Bitcoin, Ethereum, and uh some others uh, just to to make uh, because they are not investing in crypto 
they're using crypto to move it. So, mm. and uh, with Bitcoin, it is good. It is, uh, let's say, it is volatile, but from uh, other cryptocurrencies, it is uh, less volatile. So, and uh, you can use uh, uh, other cryptocurrencies because they are faster or cheaper to transact, to send. So, yeah, and uh, I think that those are the main point. So, uh, why do people use different currencies? Is it because if you look at Argentina, right? They obviously they've been they are going through quite a crisis in many aspects, but definitely one of hyperinflation um, at the minute. Um, they are, I think, found to use mainly stable coins, right? So uh, the Argentina peso back back to the US dollar. Um, is it indeed stable coins that you see being more used in the traditional cryptocurrencies as a means of payment and these kind of things? Sure. Uh, I think that, uh, well, y- you should understand that um, although we are talking, there is a huge, um, uh, well, huge crowd which believes in crypto as an asset and they're just buying and uh, they, they actually don't care if you buy with uh, and have crypto in your non-custodial wallet or you buy and you have crypto with third party with some of the, uh, the exchange which, well, might go bankrupt and but you don't know about this. So, uh, and there is really big amount of people not so huge that uh, you would know uh, a lot of uh, friends for example of, of your own who can say that oh yeah i'm i'm using crypto to store it or to send to someone but there are a lot of people a lot of businesses uh, i let's say sm- small but international businesses who are using crypto uh, to make some settlements to make some set uh, payments and uh, in those countries uh, it is a good alternative to have uh, stable coin uh, instead of uh, um, well uh, USD uh, banknotes uh, so in your pocket because well it, it is already uh, it might be um, uh, dangerous for you so yeah. and uh, with crypto it, it is uh, easier and stable coin is uh, well straightforward answer and those guys who just start to use uh, this cryptocurrency to save money uh, those they are not deep in crypto. They don't know the difference between, well, uh, layer two, like uh, what Polygon can do on ETH network. So what is wrapped assets and such. So they, they just uh, understand the thing. I I have something in my wallet, which is well actually I bought it. It was one to one to USD. I can sell it. It is one to one to USD. That th- that's a good thing. I can use it. And I think, yeah, so like you said, it's great for uh, cross-border payments at the beginning, efficient remittances, it just said, um, but also financial inclusivity, right? Uh, Crypto can be great for. Absolutely. Uh, So, you know, again, the the question about uh, we, well, in Europe and the US uh, can say that we are overbanked. So, uh, but uh, there is a huge, uh, well, demand for, uh, banking, uh, and there is a lot of unbanked people all over the world. And uh, 1.4 billion people unbanked, apparently. Yeah. So, yeah, it's quite a big exactly. group. Yeah. Exactly. And e- even if you count uh, someone banked and they have the only option to have one bank account and because they don't have any other options. So, l- let's consider it's it's not, uh, they have, they do not have the best uh terms and conditions for that service so and uh yeah i i think there is uh, let's say a lot of just unbanked people and a huge uh, uh, amount of 
uh, people who are officially banked, but yeah. uh, uh, in terms of getting better service, they are definitely unbanked. And well, crypto is the, the perfect answer and the perfect tool for them. Yeah, so adoption is key. I think what I'm struggling with myself, which is probably due to the reasons which you just mentioned, um, is seeing indeed crypto as an asset class. I don't see it yet as a means of payments. I mean, I'm fascinated by it, but I don't see how I'm going to walk into the supermarket here and pay with Bitcoin or with whatever cryptocurrency. Because again, I, I'm in a very comfortable position, right? I can choose from five different banks. Um, I have a euro, which is a relatively stable currency to work with. Um, but how, not necessarily changing my mind, but how can we, how, can, how are you trying to increase adoption, which seems so key for more financial stability and actually making it a means of payment? Uh, yeah, uh, I believe that uh, the thing is that now, as, as we mentioned previously, so if we're talking about crypto as an asset, so you can imagine that you are paying something with stocks. So, uh, but uh, if you'll have crypto, um, this same accessible to use uh, as you have fiat, well, there uh, you will have some more ideas uh, how we can use it. And uh, the thing is that uh, today, I think you are more or less uh, good with buying crypto. So you have uh, uh, a lot of options. Uh, so, and we are doing our, our best to be uh, the best solution for uh, non-custodial wallets. So, uh, but uh, the market is still in the early beginning for spending crypto. Uh, and uh, well, just selling crypto to your existing bank account or uh, keeping crypto and then using it uh, through bank card, for example. So this is the product we are working on uh, right now and we plan to uh, launch it uh, in the first half of the next year. So the uh, crypto card, uh, well, it will be regular uh, Visa or MasterCard that you can use uh, anywhere, but this card will be linked with your crypto balance and uh, you will still have crypto, but uh, you can easily use it anywhere uh, you are using uh, the, your bank card uh, at the moment. So, and we, we, we see a huge demand for that uh, because let's say, uh, how, how often do you open your uh, banking app today? Well, ju just the app. I say once a week, probably. <laughs> yeah. And uh, do, do you have crypto? Uh, yeah, a little bit, yeah. So, and uh, uh, with crypto, uh, a lot of um, uh, users open it once a day or, or even more often. So, and there is a lot of empathy with crypto, with some new things that are happening in crypto. Well, with some NFTs, although the market is, uh, let's say, not in the best condition at the moment. So, there is uh, a huge uh, uh, process of building something new, this Web3 where uh, there are NFT, maybe you'll later have uh, NFT for some of the uh, um, gaming things or for some of the music. So, and you will have it in your uh, crypto app. So, and if you'll have in this crypto app, the uh, connectivity to uh, traditional fiat world, the bank card that you can immediately issue a link to Apple Pay, for example, and start transacting. Mm -hmm. So you will use it definitely more often. 
So I think if I look again from a comfortable position, right? If I look at my banking app, why do I bank with my bank? It's because I know the money is safe there, but also there's additional services I can pick out from. So I can take insurances and get a credit card, all that kind of stuff. Is that something that you see further down the line, whether it's for Mercurio or for the industry? Do you see moving it to that direction or will it be really focused on crypto, stable coins, that part of the... I, 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 I believe that uh, um, all those crypto a- uh, apps, non-custodial wallets, they will ultimately become fintechs. So, and uh, maybe in five or seven, maybe in 20 years, but you will have an option. Uh, so to have your crypto app where you'll have all the uh, the functionality, the core functionality that you have in your uh, banking app today, but you will have way more functionality linked to Web3. Right. So, and uh, ultimately, and it, it is good, the, the crypto guys, they are really best in building this uh, new Web3 world, but uh, it is crucial to have this connectivity to uh, today's world and not to have crypto and fiat in different pockets have it in one and uh, that's why we, we see a huge demand for that and we see uh, that uh, well let's say next few years uh, we will be game changers in well starting uh, using crypto and uh, for, for, for day-to-day operations and uh, uh, the real start of uh, crypto adoption yeah I think it, that that kind of connection between crypto and fiat, I think is so important, right? Increasing that and making it indeed more accessible that you're not just holding a crypto wallet in one pocket and a a, a normal fiat wallet in the other or a normal bank account. Um, But also I think looking at integrating the traditional uh, financial system with the decentralized financial system. Crypto is about, I was hosting a panel last week here in Amsterdam with uh, some banks from uh, some international banks talking about payments on the blockchains and the underlying technology, obviously, and how they're working on um, making that a reality. I think there's a couple of things there that come into play with regulation, technology, uh, all that kind of stuff. But it's also about, and that's to my point of what you guys have recently done, right? You guys integrated recently with PIX. I guess that's an important step as well towards increasing adoption now. That's uh, absolutely right. So we... uh, we have a clear understanding that uh, well, we 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 are based in Europe, so Europe and the uh, the UK. We still believe it is in Europe, uh, so uh, it's our core market. We are the best solution uh, here. So we well, the US is rather a big market, but well, the, the next uh, uh, well, big moves uh, they will be in the uh, developing markets. So and. Uh, Yes, the uh, Brazil is uh, one, uh, our fir- first move. So one of our first steps, we have a clear plan to uh, have, uh, well, uh, from five to 15 local markets uh, uh, through the 2024. But uh, we already see, we, we, we just uh, launched it, uh, just testing it, uh, just polishing it, but already see the uh, volumes uh, coming from this market. And uh, this is important uh, when, uh, again, about thinking globally, uh, not thinking as you have it uh, uh, here in Europe. So that, okay, I have bank account, I have a bank card. So uh, why do I need to have instant payment from bank account to another bank account using mobile phone? Well, I, I, I can live without it. 
So, but uh, when thinking globally, you should think what, why it happened there. So why uh, and uh, why more and more people are using it. And I, I can tell you that uh, uh, RTP real-time payments, uh, it is a booming trend uh, all over the world. And uh, usually it happens in those markets who are not really developed and they can just have this jump from uh, uh, not uh, building the best like uh, um, infrastructure to accepting bank cards, contactless bank cards and etc. But they can just uh, make uh, a few more steps and start doing it on the, the local instant networks. So, and uh, this is uh, what PIX is. I think yeah. it is one of the best examples. Uh, well, all the central banks uh, love uh, to see how they made it, and uh, it became one of the uh, well, let's say, fastest growing local solutions. So, and uh, yeah, uh, this our move in Brazil is just uh, one of the steps we believe uh, we we should make and will uh, make in coming years to become uh, really local solution. And I can tell you a bit more here. So starting with accepting uh, payments using PIX and, uh, and then uh, making uh, payments, uh, uh, well, selling crypto and uh, sending money using PIX is a pretty straightforward thing. But uh, we, we have an idea that with our spend product, so after launching the bank card mm-hmm. and uh, going uh, local, so in countries like Brazil, you don't actually need the bank card uh, to spend your crypto. You can have a kind of wallet that has uh, that is on Pix Rails, and you can come to uh, again Starbucks or Seven uh, Eleven or uh, somewhere else, and you can use this Pix Rails to make a payment through from your crypto balance. So, and uh, well, th- th- this is really important. That's why we we are. Uh, trying to invest and to understand deeper how this uh, um, infrastructure, local infrastructure works, and not just uh, having uh, some 10 third parties uh, who are selling this product and ultimately we get it. No, I guess the understanding of that infrastructure will help you probably also to roll it out in other countries, right? Exactly. And again, exactly. Increase, uh, increase adoption. What's next for you guys, Mercurio? I mean, it seems you're on an uh, upward trajectory, a lot of exciting stuff happening. You just launched in Brazil, obviously a huge market. Um, what's next? What are you working on? So, um, as I mentioned, uh, our, well, one of the biggest bets uh, is in our spend product, which uh, will be the bank card linked to the crypto balance and which we plan to release in the uh, first uh, half of the next year. And... Uh, we we believe this. It's not just a standalone product. It is in uh, our ecosystem where, uh, for example, user can buy crypto with us. Uh, if user has used us, so for we have already KYC this user. Then we can provide this user with opportunity to spend crypto, to withdraw crypto to external wallet. Uh, for example, if he still uses some of the third party uh, banks uh, to store fiat. So, and then we'll provide the solution where you'll have the dedicated bank account for you in the crypto app and uh, you will have a bank card. So, and all this uh, fiat functionality in the bank. And, uh, but it is all in one uh, uh, holistic uh, approach. So that our 
partners, they will ask uh, the end user. So verify, provide all your details and do all the process for buying crypto. Then do the same for selling crypto. Then do it third time for issuing the bank account. Oh, you want to have a bank account? Do it for the fourth time. So uh, that will be the thing that uh, it will be uh, seamlessly available on our platform. And on-ramp, our core product, um, well, being there, uh, the per perfect provider, but then expanding to other services and providing this holistic approach and one-stop shop solution for crypto guys to have all in one place. So this is the core thing for us and, uh, well, delivering more and more uh, in this ecosystem is our uh, approach uh, for the next couple of years. That's very exciting. Watch this space. Yeah. Uh, great, Peter. Well, thank you very much. That was uh, that was it for today, but I appreciate you coming on the show. Uh, it's been great to obviously hear about Mercurio, but even more so around the opportunities that are there with crypto, right? I think spreading the message far and wide is the most important. Um, and these kind of things certainly help. So I appreciate you uh, coming on. Uh, thanks for your time um, and good luck with uh, the future journey. Thanks a lot. Thanks for a really interesting conversation. So, and we'll be in touch. Definitely. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of InCheck with Fintech. If you enjoyed this episode, hit the like button and leave us a comment below. We'll be having more industry leaders soon, so don't forget to subscribe as well in order to keep updated with the latest episodes of our podcast.